is Anime on the Sea to Sky, episode 8. Um, things have been kind of slowing down around here in BC with the new uh, restrictions for COVID set in place. Things have been, uh, try- been trying to settle down in terms of the rising case numbers over the past two weeks, so they've been trying to keep it under for a good 14-day period to try and just slow down the response leading into December, which is definitely going to be increasing the numbers once the holidays start rolling around and the mountains start start opening up. But, um, yeah, you know, I guess to try to move away, something a little less uh, negative, considering we know we've all been going through this. We've all been trying to keep our distance and try and slow things as much as we can, but you know what? There's only so much we can do. Um, I mean, in the time that I've been jumping through, I've been re-watching Attack on Titan for the first time since 2013 when it started airing, considering that the final season is going to be popping up on December 7th, and I felt like if there was any time for me to go back and re-watch and kind of just catch myself up on the stuff that I didn't know at the time, I felt like this would have been the best opportunity to do so. So, honestly, I've been catching up going through, I'm now reaching the third season, and things are honestly just as hyped as they were from the first. It's just that Attack on Titan is definitely one of those series, surprisingly enough, that as it goes on, it gets grander in scale, and not only did the action, did the character writing, does everything else kind of amplify, rarely does a show keep one-upping itself over the course of its seasons, and considering that, regardless of the four-year gap between seasons one and two, getting back into it, it's honestly hasn't slowed down one bit, and what it's been able to accomplish over the past seven years leading into its final season, which will conclude in 2021, man, I just cannot wait to see. But um, besides my watching habits in terms of anime news this week for the week of um, November 15th, in terms of originating from Japan, the uh, Comic Market Committee, which is in charge of Comic Cat 99, announced on Tuesday that it's going to be holding its event to rehash that it missed last year on May 2nd to 5th in 2021. Unfortunately, they had planned that to take place in the same days of last year, but it was canceled to help spread the set of COVID, and the event was planned for May instead of the normal August timeframe due to the Tokyo 2020 Olympics to being scheduled to take place in July and August. However, the Tokyo 2020 Olympics are now postponed to a planned July 23rd of next year, and that's when they're going to start, which I really hope is going to come to fruition because, you know, being the fucking weeb that I am, being uh, having the opportunity to go watch uh, Japan hold its 2020 Olympics and all the references and all of the environment and the joyousness that was going to be brought around that event was honestly something that I was looking forward to immensely leading into the new year. But as things went on and March hit and the quarantine got dropped, it was just, I don't know, it was just incredibly unfortunate that uh, besides Vancouver 2010, this was the one that I was, the next one that I was going to be looking forward to the most in terms of the worldwide Olympic stage. But honestly, what can you do? Besides that, in terms of anime news, um, the Melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya updated a new activity schedule on its website that there was going to be a new activity that they have in the works, and the co- this comes on the back of the latest novel from Narugu... <laughs> I'm bad. Uh, Nagara Tanigawa and the Intuition of Haruhi Suzumiya, which, was going to be, which is going to be released worldwide on November 25th, so that's going to be something to look forward to. Honestly, it's been so long since I've looked back on Haruhi Suzumiya, considering that I probably watched the show back in 2013, 2014, and leading on to that with the disappearance of Haruhi Suzumiya, which is definitely a film that I'm probably going to have to look back on, considering that at the time, everybody considered it to be one of the greatest film, like anime films of the decade, or at least of all time, and it didn't really hit me as much as, or as well as it could have, 
but I'm honestly curious to see if going back and rewatching it and knowing what I know now on the artistry and the technique that goes into behind one of these films, looking at the highlights of uh, one of Digibro's videos that he just popped out in terms of his favorite 10 shows of the decade, or not shows of the decade, movies of the decade, with uh, Haruhi Suzumiya being on that list, and looking at the clips, it's just, man, they just... This blows so many shows that have come into this new millennia, or so many movies in this case, out of the water. And it's absolutely ridiculous to see the quality just from those clips alone. And it would definitely bring interest for me to go back and rewatch this. That's definitely going to be interesting to uh, jump back to. Um, besides that, Code Geass has also announced a new project that is going to be unveiled on uh, December 5th. Um, on the back of its television series that uh, released in 2006 and its sequel season in 2008. It ended up getting a spin-off handful of movies um, and OVAs, Akito the Exiled, which came out back in 2012. But besides that, not really much except for the compilation Recrep trilogy that came out in 2017. And it's tried to stay in the public consciousness ever since it ended in the late 2000s, even though it still holds uh, one of the best um, anime endings in my regard to this point. I really don't know if I'd be too interested on what exactly they're going to be doing with a new project, but at this point in time, all we got to do is wait and see, because I know that there are going to be several other people that have been waiting for something like this to come around, so I'll just have to let them go. Not really much in terms of, um, well, I guess in terms of America, definitely, considering that back on the 21st, they ended up releasing the Heaven's Feel Part 3 film um, out to the States. And it's going to be coming up to Canada this Saturday on the 28th. So I'm legitimately curious to see if I'm going to um, go through and risk it and try and and uh, experience this movie. Um, considering that is basically the end of an era. This is going to be the final part of the trilogy of films that have been adapting the Fate State Night Heavensfield route. And... Honestly, at this point in time, I'm just legitimately curious to see how it goes for. Thankfully, over the course of these uh, eight years that I've been watching it, I haven't been able to spoil myself too much on what exactly happens in Heaven's Feel, so I'm legitimately curious to see how this darkest rendition of all of the Fate routes is going to end. Is it legitimately going to have anything positive to go through, or is this basically the dark route? Is this the bad end? Is this how everything is going to just fall apart around the seams and nobody's going to be happy? Honestly, that's something that could possibly happen. If you want to look up something that's um, fate-related, that's nothing short of happiness and sunshine and rainbows and just an overall good vibe and good time, um, I think it's Cooking with the Emia family is just the... It, it is the best end. It is the good end to all of the fate routes combined where everybody's alive, everybody's just doing their own thing and living and surviving and cooking in this incredibly soft and pastel-colored version of the fate universe. And honestly, it's one of the most enjoyable experiences that I've had. You can also watch it to just get a handful of recipes on your own considering that they go into great length and detail to display how they create and cook these meals. So honestly, if you're looking just for a good uh, feel-good time, then basically just go and give that uh, give that one a spin. But yeah, in terms of like the theater presence and how they were able to go through, I did go, the only other movie I went to go see in the middle of this pandemic was Tenet. And that was the only movie besides the one at the beginning of the year, which we will talk about in a second, that I was legitimately interested in going to see, regardless of what the pandemic and what the state of the world was going to be in. And I'd say it was worth it. It was good enough. I would have to give it a rewatch, but the fact going in and actually being able to see how 
in terms of Canada, Cineplex is the largest um, movie theater chain that we have here in this country. Um, how they were able to adapt and go through, they weren't selling nearly as much food or drink, which is one of the probably one of the main reasons why they were able to lose so much money in terms of the bid. It's like, oh man, but wow. <laughs> of course they couldn't because they weren't selling tickets for movies. Dude, literally your food is a movie ticket. Buying a drink and some chips or some popcorn or some candy, and that is literally the equivalent, or if not more, than you would actually have to pay the movie ticket for. So it's been, that's kind of one of the main reasons why they were able to go through, because they just can't mark up all of their food prices. Um, but when I went to go see it, they reduced the capacity from 250 people to 50 people. So that was honestly quite huge in terms of like how few they decided to let in, but for good reason. They were put in groups of two, separated into five sets apart on an entire row with uh, with five rows in total behind that, or five columns. So it was incredibly interesting just to kind of see how they were able to adapt and just see what people were able to do. You still, it was kind of like sitting in a plane where you get into the plane and you're still relatively in close proximity to the people in your row, but you still have to wear a mask throughout the entire time. And if that's basically what I'm going to have to do to go watch Heaven's Feel, which is essentially just sanitize up, just cover it out and go out, hold the mask for a good two hours. I think it's worth it just to see the conclusion of this saga and how that's going to change the landscape, even though, well, films, maybe. In terms of, like, Fates just got so many other just subsidiaries and side stories and products that they can go through. It is an incredibly popular bid, especially with the Fate Go um, gotcha game that's been essentially going through North America at this point, and like, and has been recently going through Europe. There is not really much that can stop it from making as much money as it can, especially in terms of this pandemic. Um, but yeah, in terms of the main topic that I wanted to talk about this week is that they recently announced um, on the official Twitter of the My Hero Academia page, it is going to be they are going to introduce a third film. The official Twitter accounts for the My Hero Academia television anime movies manga made a series of teaser posts on Monday. The series of tweets can, can be combined to form the sentence, he will meet the three musketeers. The tweets also link to the My Hero Academia anime series website, the My Hero Academia Heroes Rising anime film, and the Shonen Jump website listing to Kore Horikoshi's My Hero Academia manga, and the three of them just combined to form what is essentially going to be the poster art and the cover for the next film that they are going to adapt. Now, this is going to be after the fifth season that is going to, the fifth season of My Hero Academia that is going to be airing in spring of 2021, but oh my god, like, can we just stop with the shonen film adaptations? I will admit, if this was 15-year-old me, and I recently got into, so I'll probably move in and give uh, Naruto as an example later. Um, if you're telling me that I've been watching Naruto for like a handful of years, and you're t and now I'm getting all these new movies, and you're telling me that I'm going to get on average, if because if they didn't, if the pan if the pandemic didn't happen, then that means on average we would be getting a My Hero Academia movie every 18 months. 15-year-old me would have lost my shit. Now I'm just thinking, oh my god, how many resources do they actually just have to divert to appease the Shonen Jump, the producer, and the editorial overlords to just to create as much fucking profitable My Hero Academia content as possible? It's like, oh my god, dude. It's just not gonna fucking stop. Like, putting it back into perspective, let's talk about Naruto here. The first Naruto film came out in 2004. The anime... 
started airing in uh, 2002. So it took them... I mean, there were still a handful of OVAs, especially the ones that came out um, around the same time as the anime was going through in 2002. Um, It took them two years uh, for the first Naruto movie to come out, Ninja Clash and the Land of Stone, which I remember watching on... I think it was YTV... Must have been like a Saturday morning uh, bid where they had uh, one of the one of the films hearing, and it was just like, "Oh, sick! That's really cool." I had no idea what anime was, but honestly, the film itself was incredibly cool, and the <laughs> the patented rainbow chakra, the rainbow Rasengan that ended up happening in the climax of the movie was honestly something that was incredibly entertaining. But that was probably the and that was the only one that I watched. Um, there were three Naruto films that came through, and three Naruto films from 2004 to 2006 on average one a year. And that continued on into Shippuden. The first Shippuden movie came out in 2007, followed by 2008, 2009, 2010, 2011, 2012. Every, for six years straight, they had a Naruto movie. And then with the transition from Naruto Shippuden into the conclusion of the anime television series, leading into uh, the Boruto Next Generation segment, and the near conclusion of the Naruto, uh, the Naruto Shippuden anime, which would come uh, later um, into the mid-2010s, you had the last Naruto movie, which would be the last Shippuden film, as the next one would be Boruto, Naruto the movie. So this was a... So from Naruto movie 9 to 10 was the only two-year gap, and then Boruto came out less than 18 months later. So we are talking over the course of... 12 years, 11 Naruto films over the course of 12. And the problem that, so, you know what, uh, Jesus, it's just incredibly difficult just to like wrap my head around this kind of stuff, considering that I, I understand why it's happening. I just don't, I just can't really understand why they wouldn't just give the team enough time. Like instead of making it 18 months, why couldn't they make it 24 to 30? So they, it's, I don't know. Because you know why. Because it's an incredibly profitable series, and they feel like they have enough resources and they have enough manpower to go through. But judging by what happened in Season 4, with the release of this, like, almost in-coinciding with the fourth My Hero Academia season, there were a lot of drastic cuts that you could see in the first half of the uh, fourth season that was just, why? And it was just, well, money. More content. We know how we know how profitable this is, and it doesn't matter like what we do or how shoddy the movie is. My Hero Academia content will get people in seats, regardless. And unfortunately, they're right because I went to go see two both of the films. So I guess for the positive portion of this episode of the podcast, um, the first uh, My Hero Academia movie, which released in the fall of 2018, was one of my honestly a little biased one of my favorite movie going experiences in a while considering that the only time i have ever had people speak up inside of a movie theater which is incredibly awkward for most which i can definitely understand but when you know everybody is there for the same reason because you know everybody inside that theater like 99% of the people inside that theater have um watched the entirety of the series that you had watched up until that point which i'm pretty sure was all 3 seasons um and you know, and everybody knows what you know, and they're all, like, passionate for the same thing that you are, like, it makes for an incredibly engaging and entertaining experience. The only awkward part that was about the first uh, My Hero Academia screening was that they had, (laughs) oh my god, so they had a 15-minute, like, prequel? 
or not prequel story summary of the of the first two seasons of the anime in this like 15 minute long running sequence and everybody was like wait we know this why are you put playing this in front of the movie we like there's no reason anybody would just walk in and say oh no my hero academia i've never heard of this it's an animated feature oh i've never heard of this let me just go and take the opportunity dude people had bought the tickets online before and they had been lining up like about a half and we all lined up about a half hour before the event even took place you knew why we were there um and then after the 15 minute bit was over the movie itself had like this six seven minute intro as well on top of it and then and then of course everybody like we know this is like ridiculous and kind of bullshit and somebody is like oh my god so is this what happened and everybody just starts taking the piss and we're all laughing together and everybody just knows that this is kind of ridiculous that we all have to go through the same bid and then we finally get the new uh footage of all might during his internship in the states and it's like yes this is all what we're going through. Um, and so it was an inc- incredibly enjoyable experience considering that it was basically just uh, Die Hard, the, uh, Die Hard the anime, where the last half of the movie all takes place in a tower that all of our heroes have to circumnavigate and save the hostages at the top. <laughs> it's just, yo, like a buddy of mine just like touched me. It's like, yo, this is literally just Nagasaki Tower. It's like, yep, you're not wrong. Oh, man. It was so, yeah, it was definitely entertaining. But this second film, I kind of caught on the tail end, and I was in, like, this was probably a week. Uh, They extended the theatrical screenings of the second film uh, that came out at the beginning of 2020. So I think this this was either late January, early February for the rest of the series. And it got extended another two weeks, and I went to go see one of those extended screenings, and... There was only like me and 15 other people. The energy wasn't the same, but it wouldn't have necessarily even mattered considering that the movie in of itself was just such filler. And I hate to use that term because in terms of all of the shonen that came out of the 2000s, filler was just something that was a necessary evil that had to happen. Or if or if in the case of Soul Eater and, Fullma- and the original Fullmetal Alchemist that they didn't want to wait for the rest of the series finish or the manga to catch up, then they had to make their own endings. Which, to be fair, um, I enjoyed the first Full Metal Alchemist ending, as divisive as that may be. Not really a fan of uh, Soul Eater, though. But every single shonen in the 2000s, whether it was One Piece, whether it was Bleach, whether it was Naruto, they all had to have extensive amounts of filler because they were on a crash course making one episode a week except for holidays so you were talking about anywhere between 46 and 50 new episodes of anime a year of course they were going to catch up to the manga of course they would legitimately have to break the source material in order to keep this in the public consciousness continuously and that was one of the best changes that happened to shonen in the 2010s is that they saw it, especially Bones, because Bones did work on both Full Metal Alchemist and Soul Eater. They looked at it, and they readjusted the scheduling. They were not going to go the way of Naruto. Uh, well, Bleach Bleach ended earlier in the 2010s, but they were not going to go the, the same way, and that they would adapt it, but to a degree of separation between seasons, that there would be more care and more time given to the episodes of the season so that the quality would still remain consistent and not have to drop and make the best moment shine um and then 
gap it so you would never catch up to the source because they know how slow a manga stories creep considering that it's a chapter a week and they know that if they want and they know that if they want to keep this running for as long as possible without having to drain all their resources trying to pump out one fucking episode a week then they knew that they would have to gap their schedule and that was one of the best pieces that you could see and that's and that happened with a lot of shonen titles that came out in the 2010s as well so talking about dr stone talking about promised neverland um talking about well i was about to say black clover but the only two shows that did not take that um advice lightly was black clover and baruto and both of them weekly weekly episodes and they rarely get a break and it seems that Black Clover has now finally found a decent fan base and that they are legitimately happy. But that was like post-episode 50. That was like that was like One Piece levels of time that they had to wait and adjust to at least actually get something uh, substantial out of, their, um, out of their fans. And Boruto, I have not watched a single episode of Boruto, and I probably never will. The closest I've gotten to was watching a handful of clips from uh, Boruto... Uh, what was it? Boruto the Last or the, last Boruto, or the first Boruto movie? Uh, where there was a really good fight with uh, Naruto and Sasuke actually acting as comrades and be- and like combining their powers and was absolutely sick. Besides that, that's probably going to be the only time that I'm ever even going to give any ounce of thought to Boruto. Trying to jump back on topic here. Now, the issue is that my hero did a good job with stretching out those seasons. Unfortunately, due to its success, uh, Shonen Jump, the editorial department, and the producers are now focusing that Sue, the same studio, is just jumping onto the success of this series to give it, like, 18-month gap um, films that are going to be related to the franchise. And unfortunately, this... Unfortunately and unfortunately, this is the closest it's going to come to filler because everybody is going to jump into this. It doesn't matter because it's My Hero Academia. Everybody is going to be going into ghost seats. This is basically one of the biggest, if not the biggest, shonen titles inside of the States right now. And everybody is going to watch every single movie. And of course, when they see those guaranteed numbers, they're acting like a business, which is definitely understandable. But the problem is, is that they are going to be looking at those numbers and looking at those rates and just think, yo, as long as we have enough, it's fine. We can just focus a lot of this stuff onto uh, the other on the other A and B animation teams and we can continuously pump out a movie every 18 months. And to me, that is fucking insane and stupid and ridiculous, considering that we know, based on the degrade in the first half of the quality of the third season, sorry, fourth season, that it's just going to degrade the rest of the series. The quality is going to dip, and you are going to see the same issues and the same problems that you were that you saw in terms of Shippuden and in terms of the rest of the big three shonen, because they just had to keep pumping it out. They knew the guaranteed audience and market was there, and so they know if they complete a consistent schedule that they will be able to pump one of these out on every single um, determinate amount of time, and they'll know... In that quarter, they'll get a big rise because they know they're going to be bringing theaters into it for an international audience as well as just the Japanese audience. And I just, I don't know, dude. I Oh, man. Because that's what it kind of felt. Like, watching the second My Hero Academia movie, Heroes Rising, besides the final part of the fight when Yutaka Nakamura just got to flex once again like he does in every single uh, Bones adaptation, it's just 
God, this was such filler. And I never thought I'd say that in terms of watching anything My Hero Academia related. I mean, they did have a recap episode, which was essentially just all the fucking students going to the pool. And it's just, all right, well, that's definitely filler. That's definitely an OVA. That's definitely something that's... I think there was also an episode zero as well. So the OVAs are definitely understandable. And that's the closest to filler that any of this series has essentially gone through. But it's like, God damn, dude, we are now going to be getting an hour and 45 minutes of bonus My Hero Academia content. On paper, that sounds amazing. It's worse, though, based on the amount of resources they're actually going to have to divert to make this scheduling a reality and to make this kind of relevance. Because it's I understand wanting to keep your series relevant inside of the public consciousness and making sure that people do not forget that this exists. But are you kidding me, dude? This is My Hero Academia. Nobody, I, I can't necessarily call this a decent argument because nobody is going to forget that My Hero Academia exists, dude. Nobody. And it's like, oh yeah, well, we have to wait anywhere between 12 and 18 months for like every other new season. It's like, good. That means you are consistently going to be getting My Hero Academia content six out of every 24 months. And that is fine, dude. I have learned to become patient, and it is totally fine if we can just wait on the series to adapt and evolve and wait for it to just bloom and flourish, because especially with the arcs that are going to be coming up in the manga, if you're telling me that we are going to have to divert a lot of that stuff into a side story to just keep the fucking money chain running in terms of what my villain academia is going to be jumping into, dude, it's just... Uh, it's just so disappointing and unfortunate that if, because, like, nobody, nobody would care if it was just kind of like, oh, yeah, well, you know, we get more My Hero Academia content, so why aren't you thinking that is a great thing? If they had the staff, if they had the time, if they had the resources to make, in tandem, a film and an animated television series consistently over those time frames, then of course I would think it's a perfectly fine, okay idea just to legitimately keep bringing out as much content because I love My Hero Academia. But the fact is, is that this is anime we are talking about. These are studios that have tight deadlines and even tighter budgets and tighter schedules in order to try and get this kind of content out to as many people as possible. And the fact that these producers and editors haven't under... It's not like they haven't understood because, of course, every single Naruto movie made money. Every Bleach movie made money. Every One Piece movie made money. It all was in the black. It was all positive. But it's just, dude, they're running a business. So there's not really much I can say. But I mean, come on, man. I don't, no, nobody wants this. Nobody wants to see this at the result of the degradation of the series that everybody else has been waiting for and caring about. We didn't get that kind of, um, we didn't get that kind of comparison because of course Naruto was always coming out weekly. So of course there were going to be duds of episodes. Of course there was going to be animation issues. Of course there was going to be issues with the fact that they wouldn't be able to keep up with the deadlines of the majority of the animation cuts that they actually had to produce. But now, now that, like, especially this being announced on the official Twitter, now that everybody can go through with Sakugaburu, Sakuga blog, seeing every other bit and piece and nook and cranny of the production schedule, they can easily point to, hey, why was this cut worse? Why did these section of episodes not get as much care and time as the rest of them were so that they could keep everything as consistent as possible and make sure that the product would be able to be more streamlined? Because they had the schedule down. The first three seasons of My Hero Academia were tight 
and they were well-produced and conceived enough to a degree that everybody was watching them and everybody had something to love and be passionate about. But now that the cat is out of the bag, and now that they've realized that, hey, we can make more money just through these theatrical releases as like as much as we can with the regular merchandising and the television show that we create every 18 to 24 months. <sighs> of course they would take that opportunity. It's just free money. But honestly, I'm not really going to be looking forward too much to this movie's announcement. I'm going to be curious to see, considering that I'm already caught up to the manga, I know what's going to be like coming through season five of My Hero Academia, and I'm really curious to see how they adapt these next few arcs. But it's just now that I know that the producers and the rest of Shonen Jump are forcing bones into this series that, hey, more money is to be made, so get back on that fucking workhorse and pump out more movies for us because this shit ain't gonna stop. And just because they only have a handful more months to work with in comparison to all the Naruto movies that came out in the 2000s, there's just nothing to be... There's just nothing to be happy about, which is an incredibly bummer way to kind of end this podcast. But um, I don't know. I just uh, I just don't want it to just become another cash cow as much as the rest of the Shonen series I've been getting as of late. Yeah, I don't know. What can you do? Eh, but honestly, I'll see you guys next week and have a good one. Mm-hmm.